Hey everybody, I'm Dan Vespris, the host of Fantasy NBA Today, Hoopball's flagship full-season fantasy podcast. We cover every piece of news, every mock draft, every rank list, pickups, drops, buy lows, sell highs, and every sleeper candidate all year long, Monday through Friday. Come check us out. We're Fantasy NBA Today, and you can follow me on Twitter for updates at Dan Bespris, D-A-N-B-E-S-B-R-I-S. We'll talk to you soon. The following is a Hoop Bowl presentation. What's going on? It's the Hoop Ball Clippers podcast, and we are here post-game, probably about five minutes after the conclusion of the Clippers-Nuggets game. Five did not go the way that the Clippers wanted, and I got to tell you, Twitter really negative right now, and frankly, there's a lot of fans that are negative right now, and I completely understand it, and frankly, it's taken as much in me as possible to not go that route and be the negative person that a lot of people are being right now. But we're going to recap this ball game. I'm flying solo tonight. We're going to have Justin Wilson back on Sunday to recap game number six. That's an early start, by the way. I believe the Clippers actually play at 10 a.m. on Sunday morning. So that's uh, L.A. time, obviously, for those of you that are on the West Coast. 10 a.m., I believe, is when that game will be. And we didn't think a game six was going to need to be there. We didn't think it was going to need to happen. Uh, it's really tough when you look at this ball game. The Clippers led by 16 points, and you thought, okay, this game's over. Denver had no hope. Denver looked really disoriented. The Clippers' offense was clicking on all cylinders. The passing was tremendous. They were finding open shooters. They were penetrating. That's one thing that Doc was asked, how they're getting so many open looks from three, and he said, we're doing a great job of getting into the lanes, penetrating, and kicking. And that's exactly what they did for three quarters. And then the offense kind of came to a stop. And when that happened, the role players for Denver really kicked in. Paul Millsap was absolutely tremendous in the third quarter. He gave Denver hope. And then from there, it was Jokic and Murray. I mean, Jokic hit two devastating three-pointers. Those rainbow threes that while they're in the air, you're just praying and hoping that they don't go in. And they went in, and there were obviously some things that Doc did wrong with his rotations in this one, and we'll talk about that. I mean, we will absolutely talk about that. This is the Hoopball Clippers podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at BDMarcus. You can follow the podcast as well at Clips. Now, let's break down this ball game, and let's start with the end of the game, the last several minutes, and what exactly went wrong. And I want to talk about a couple of moments one thing that I'm not sure how much it would have actually changed the ball game, but there was an instance, I believe it was Montrez Harrell that was guarding Nikola Jokic, and Harrell was called for a foul despite not touching Jokic. Doc Rivers had a chance, I believe, there. He did have a timeout to challenge, and it was right in front of him. He was upset. His staff was upset. It was right in front of them, and they saw that there was no foul. They chose not to challenge, And instead, you allow Denver to get that possession, and I believe they got a couple of free throws out of it. Now, that may not have changed how the game would have gone down, but at that point, every single possession mattered, 
and when you know right in front of you that there was no foul called, you have a chance to get the ball back, then you got to use that challenge. And it's unfortunate that it was not used. That's one thing that stood out to me. Number two, when the Clippers went offense defense at the end of the game and they chose to bring in Lou Williams against, or rather Lou Williams for Pat Beverly, you would think, okay, normally that's the right decision, right? I mean, Lou Williams is instant offense. Lou has not been the same guy here in the bubble. He has missed a bunch of threes, and we talked about it last game, the recap of last game, where his first three-pointer that went in the bubble hit the, the rim, in the playoffs, by the way, when I say in the bubble, hit the rim, skied upwards, and then came down. His shot's just not there. Pat Beverly, I believe, has been better offensively. In my opinion, he has been better offensively than Lou Williams. And so I would have preferred you kept Pat Beverly in. Lou Williams instead came in for offense, and he bricked a three. And then you look on the other side, by the way, and Lou Williams was in for defense. Don't know how that happened, but Lou was brought in. They switched, and Lou Williams was switched on to Michael Porter Jr., and Porter Jr. rose for a three and hit it. Things that just can't happen. When every single possession matters, you have a challenge call that should have happened. You should have had Pat Beverly in for Lou Williams. You should not have had Lou Williams switch on to Michael Porter Jr. I mean, every single possession, um, I've just brought up three different ones where you add those up and they obviously mean a lot in the ball game. They really do. Now, the other thing, and I don't understand why this needs to be brought up so many times. It really is difficult. And it's this is probably going to be something that Clippers fans will never forget. And that is that every single time we look at the box score, we see that Zoo has a plus minus that is a plus. It doesn't matter what the game is. He was a plus five tonight. Doc chose to stick with Harrell a little too long in this game, and that ended up haunting the Clippers. If you bring in Zoo, when you see Denver starts making it closer, when you see the Denver Nuggets are within four or five, with about nine minutes left, you have a chance to bring in Zoo. Instead, they stuck with Harrell for two or three extra possessions. Next thing you know, the lead is gone. You have to realize that Zoo is the guy defensively that has been better on Jokic, and your team just flows better. It, your team just flows better. So now we're at the point where it's a game six. And game six is huge. I mean, it really is enormous. This brings back shades of 2015. You look at game six. The Rockets beat the Clippers 119-107 to in that game. The Clippers led by double figures going into the fourth quarter. Of course, we all remember Josh Smith. And... The Clippers gave it away. They gave away that series. They were up 3-1, just like they were up 3-1 here in this series. In game number five, the Rockets beat the Clippers by 21. It really was all Rockets in that game. Game six, the Clippers had a chance to close it out. They had the chance. Okay? The Clippers had the chance here in game five to close it out. And you worry. You just worry that this was the Clippers' opportunity. But... That being said, I told you, everyone's being really negative right now. That being said, the Clippers need to win one more game. Denver has to win two more games. The Clippers are the better team. 
The Clippers have been about an eight or nine point favorite in every single game of this series. It was eight and a half going into today. The Clippers are the better team. The Clippers showed down the stretch in the last two minutes that when they want to get a defensive stop, they can get one. They got a defensive stop every single possession. They needed one down the stretch. They were just in too big of a hole. They were in too big of a hole, and then they had to start fouling, and Denver made its free throws. I mean, you you really are a very good defensive team. It's just a matter of do you choose to stay engaged defensively for four quarters? And, and the hardest part about this game, and I've brought up obviously numerous different things that have happened, the biggest overall thing in this game is the Clippers could have closed this one out and they could have gotten rest. The Lakers play tomorrow. More likely than not, they're going to close out Houston tomorrow. My guess is that this series is going to start on Tuesday. If the Clippers win on Sunday, obviously that is a big if at this point, but most likely I still think they will win game six. If the Clippers win game six, most likely the Western Conference Finals will start on Tuesday. And I think they would have started on Tuesday no matter what. So now you have the Lakers that get that extra day off while the Clippers may have to stick with this every other day having a game. And when you are about to encounter the Los Angeles Lakers and how strenuous that series is going to be, every day of rest matters. And it's unfortunate. It really is unfortunate that the Clippers gave this one away because the Clippers were the better team in the first half. The Clippers were the better team in the first half. In the third quarter, give credit to Paul Millsap. I mean, Millsap was tremendous. 28 minutes for him. He had 17 points. 14 of those 17 came in the third quarter. And he was a plus two in the game. And it just got to the point where the Clippers just could not get a stop against him. The Clippers waited too long to bring in Zoo. They waited a little too long to bring back Kawhi. I don't mind the decision as much to give Kawhi an extra minute or two. I don't mind that. And the reason why is because it is only game five. And you still have two more games. That being said, you can look at the other way and say, okay, why not bring him in a minute or two earlier? If you know you're going to win the game, he gets a whole extra game that doesn't go on his legs if the Clippers win. And I think that rationale makes a lot of sense. It does. So you can look at it both ways. But I think I can be convinced, and I probably am convinced, that you would have been better off bringing in Kawhi a minute or two earlier. I don't mind giving him that extra minute or two rest. But at the same time, probably it would have made more sense to bring in Kawhi and Zoo a little earlier instead of Lou and Trez because those two guys got hurt defensively uh, against Murray and against Jokic. Jokic wasn't very good in that first half, by the way. I think at halftime he had one assist. One. He ended up with five. Shows you how much better he was in the second half. 22 points for him. He was two of six from three. He hit two massive threes. Just absolutely massive. This podcast is brought to you by our friends over at Manscaped. Our sponsor over at Manscaped has you covered to keep the hair looking nice and trimmed and feeling fully supported. Manscaped offers precision engineered tools for your below the belt area and above the belt. Doesn't matter where you want to use it. It is, of course, Really built for that below the belt in case you want to make sure you're nice and clean down there. The Lawnmower 3.0 really is just incredible. They came out with it recently. It's not only waterproof, which means you can bring it in the shower. It has the LED light. You can shine it 
on that area. Make it nice and clean. Make sure you're not cutting yourself because I know you've brought those scissors out before and it's been bad. It does reduce the nicks and cuts on those delicates. For a limited time, when you order the perfect package kit, you get two free gifts, the Shed Travel Bag and the Manscaped Anti-Chafing Boxer Briefs. Those boxer briefs, optimal temperature control with their crop cooling technology. Keep that pride and joy supported. We want you to try out Manscaped. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code HoopBall20 at Manscaped.com. That is the code HoopBall20 at Manscaped.com. Now look ahead. And the Clippers have game six ahead of them. What do they need to do? Well, need to continue to get good shooting from Paul George. He had a really nice game. He really fell apart, not fell apart. He faded away a little bit in the second half. Wasn't as good, but he was tremendous. 26 points, five rebounds, or rather six rebounds, six assists, two blocks. He played 42 minutes. He's going to have to play heavy minutes again. Kawhi played 39 minutes. He's going to have to play heavy minutes again. Kawhi was 12 of 24. 5 of 12 from 3, 7 of 7 from the line. His line was great. Surprisingly, though, he was a minus 12. He had the worst plus minus of anybody on the Clippers team. The second worst was Montrez Harrell. Minus 9 in 15 minutes. Doc has to be better in game game number 6 of making sure that the matchups favor the Clippers. If he sees, even for a minute, that things are not going well with Trez on the floor, Against a guy like Jokic, you need to bring in Zoo. You cannot have a long leash in game number six. Because in game number seven, I got to tell you, as much as I love Los Angeles Clippers, and as much as I love the fact they have the best player in the series, in Kawhi Leonard, I wouldn't want to face Denver in game seven. Denver already beat Utah in game seven. They would have had major momentum going in, having won games five and game number six. And so I would give the edge to Denver in game number seven. So the Clippers absolutely need to close it out in game number six. Doc has to be better, of course, with his rotations. At the same time, a lot of Clippers Twitter is going after Doc. And I understand, yes, you should have brought in Zoo earlier. You should have brought in Kawhi earlier. You should not have done the offense-defense with Lou and Pat. You just shouldn't have. It doesn't make sense. When Pat's been the better offensive player, he's been the one driving in the lane and kicking to open shooters. Instead, Lou spreads the floor, and the ball doesn't move as well when Lou's on the floor. It just doesn't move. The ball, the ball doesn't move as well. So apart from those things, I understand that you want to go after Doc for it. At the same exact time, guys, these players need to be better. Lou Williams needs to be better. Montrezl Harrell needs to be better. The guys on the floor need to be better. You can blame the head coach. And I understand there are certain times you want to blame them. But the guys on the floor need to be better. And at the same exact time, you need to give credit to the Denver Nuggets because they were absolutely sensational. Their backs were up against the wall. They were down by 16. Charles Barkley was saying this game was over at halftime. Denver said, do not count us out. And you saw why. Nikola Jokic... Jamal Murray, Michael Porter Jr., Paul Millsap, those guys came to play. Monte Morris had 12 points in 17 minutes. Jeremy Grant had a massive three. The Clippers did a tremendous job on one possession where they made the ball come out of Jokic's hand on the perimeter. It got kicked around to the corner to Jeremy Grant. I said, that's the guy you want to take the three, and he made it. 
Role players need to shine in those situations, and Jeremy Grant did it. Michael Porter Jr. said the ball needs to move. He said he needs more shots, essentially. He only had seven points, but he had a massive three over Lou Williams. And he did a nice job defensively down the stretch. He was a plus 13. That's the highest plus minus of anybody in the ball game today. He and Jokic are both a plus 13. So give credit to Michael Porter Jr. When you speak out like that and you're as young as he is, to back it up like he did, give him a lot of credit. And I told you before the series, he's a wild card. The Clippers did not take him with a number 13 overall pick. Instead, he went one pick later to Denver. He sat out for last year, came back this year, and he has been very good. He has not been good defensively for the majority of the series. He was good when it mattered. And for the Clippers, you still have the edge. Pat Beverly was awesome against Jamal Murray. Murray was 9 of 25. That's 36%. You are going to win ballgames more often than not when the point guard is 9 for 25. So if the Clippers can slow down guys like Morris, Jeremy Grant, Paul Millsap, Michael Porter Jr., you're going to be fine. You're going to be fine. I've seen enough from the Clippers, albeit it's not been for a full game, but I've seen enough from the Clippers in these spurts that their defense can be suffocating and they can win a series if they want to. And I think in game six, you're going to see a team that's motivated, that's going to want to close out this series. Because I think the Clippers understand that if you lose game six and you give Denver all the momentum going into game seven, you're in big trouble. So the Clippers are going to treat game six like a game seven. And I expect the Clippers to beat Denver. And I don't expect it to be all that close. But we'll see. We'll see. I mean, it really, who knows at this point? I mean, who knows at this point? If you want to bet on that game, because I know that some of you said, you know what? I am very confident about the Clippers in game number six. Or maybe you you disagree with me. You think Denver's going to keep it close. Because I got to tell you, that spread's going to be close to eight again. You can go over to our friends at my bookie and place your bets. They have tremendous odd boosts even. Yesterday, the Chiefs were plus 54 at my bookie. Easy money. They want you to win. With my bookie, it's easy. You bet, you win, and they pay. Up to the minute odds on all your favorite teams. Whether it's the NBA playoffs, the NHL playoffs, Premier League starts tomorrow, college football, NFL is underway. All different sports that you can bet on, you can bet on throughout the ball game as well. With live in-game betting, just head over to my bookie, join today, and they'll match your deposit 100%. Plus, they'll toss you a free $10 MLB future wager. All you got to do is enter the promo code HOOPBALL when signing up. At my bookie, the terms are simple. You bet, you win, they pay. All right. Game number five in the books. Clippers won game number one. Lost game number two. One game December three and number four and lost game number five. Remember after game one, we thought this series was going to be a sweep. It was going to be over in four. After game two, we wondered what the hell happened. The Clippers then proceeded to win the next two games. And you thought, okay, this is still could end up in game a five-game series. I thought before the series started, it was going to be five or six. Most likely five. Actually, before the series started, I thought it was going to be six. And then after game one, I thought it was going to be five. But... The Clippers are going to be okay. 
The Clippers have the better players. They have the better coach. They have the better defense. And I think all of those combined give them a win in game number six. I understand the concern. I absolutely understand the concern. And Doc even said post-game, and I'm, I'm looking at this clip right now as I'm recording. He said he was trying to buy Kawhi Leonard some time to rest to start the fourth quarter after the rotation was thrown off by him playing to end the third. And that's what I was saying. Trying to buy him an extra minute or two of rest, and it didn't work out. And the issue is you should have brought Zoo in. You should have brought Zoo in instead of Trez. And it's just, it's tough. And with Montrez Harrell, the ball doesn't move as well. Zoo's a really good passer. Zoo's a guy that doesn't really need many shots. When Trez has the ball in the post, most likely it's going up. And that's not the way the Clippers offense needs to work. So, all right. One more game for the Clippers that they need to win. Just one more game. And we will see how it goes. Justin Wilson of LA Clippers Film will join us after Sunday's ball game. And for game number six, it'll be at 10 a.m. Pacific on Sunday. We'll be with you post-game. Hopefully, we're talking about the Clippers' first ever trip to the Western Conference Finals. A big thank you to those of you who have been listening. If you can rate and review the podcast, it would mean a lot. Give us a five-star rating on iTunes. Review the podcast as well. Remember, you can hit me up on Twitter at BDMarcus. At HoopBallClips is the Twitter handle as well. So until Sunday, I'm Brandon Marcus, and go Clips! This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.